You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Whether you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox or a daughter who wants to connect with her dad, or even a mom who wants to support your daughter's relationship with her father, you're invited to join the conversation today. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Hello and welcome to the Dad Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield, and I'm so excited that you're joining me here again today if you're a dad who wants to add more tools to your fathering toolbox. And I love how so many of you have said that the things you learn here also apply to your sons. And that's because you as a dad are sharpening your skill set in doing interpersonal relationships with more skill, more, you know, dialing in, more tuning in. And so if you want to learn more about how to be a girl dad, you have come to the right place. You know the grid I use every week, which is simply on your mark, get set, go. So dads, picture yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. I'm on the sidelines as your coach, cheering you on, saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the topic or the theme, get set. I'm going to fill that in with stories and with stats. And go is always your practical action step so that you can put your love for your daughter into action. Well, today I've got a guest host joining me. I'm telling you, you guys are in for a treat. His name is Jeff Zog. He literally feels like he's my my long lost brother. We have connected in a very short amount of time. I was recently a guest on his podcast, which is called Dad Awesome. If you've never listened to it, go check it out. You will love his heart for dads. And today we're going to unpack some of how he is an intentional dad to four little girls. My goodness, he'll tell you about them in just a minute. So let me tell you about him before we get this conversation started. So Jeff spent 10 years in entrepreneurial nonprofit ministry leadership and also served as a pastor in the Twin Cities area for seven years. Then in the fall of 20, smack dab in the middle of COVID, he took a leap with his family, went into full-time fatherhood ministry, And with his wife, Michelle, and as I said, four little girls, they are traveling the country in a 37-foot RV. Okay, this guy literally has the word adventure tattooed. It's it's invisible, but really (laughs) he could on his forehead. And you are going to love just hearing about his enthusiasm for life and for his kids and for his wife. Jeff Zog, as I said, is the founder and lead cheerleader at Dad Awesome and Fathers for the Fatherless. So we're going to be talking about both of those things today. And his life purpose statement is simply this. He says, we're on a mission to add life to the dad life. We're passionate about helping dads live fully alive as they lead their kids to God's awesomeness. So Jeff Zog, thank you for being here today. Michelle, it, it, it's, I'm thrilled to join you today. And uh, thank you for that introduction. We, Our mission at Dad Awesome is like, can we just be the cheerleaders? Can we cheer on dads to love the dad life? So I feel like our mission of like ready, set, go, it's like, that's what I want to do is just cheer on. And I need that in my life. I need people cheering for me. So thank you for being one of those people and that we cheered even, for me. Well, we, and we even found today that we have a mutual 
love for the Ellenwood family who live in the Czech Republic. And it's so cool, isn't it? How so often God is weaving a tapestry of helping us find each other. And we've had kindred spirit friends. So true. Long before now who have cheered us on, right? And who have been significant in our life. Well, it's a joy to have you here. Well, on your mark today, here's what I've come up with. As a title is Intentional Fathering, A Father's Awesome Journey with His Four Young Daughters. So how about you just start? I, I wanted to use the word journey because, I mean, you love biking, you love adventure, right? You love the outdoors and and you're doing life with your family without four walls on the ground. And so really, I thought this whole idea of a journey like is, is really to me, along with being intentional, really, I, I think captures you in your heart. So how about here, if we just start, get set with you telling a little bit about your heart and what led you to do this RV trip, especially with four young girls. Tell us the story. I love it. I love it. And quickly, awesome journey is not perfect journey at all. So, so just, I mean, just two days ago for Mother's Day, we went on a hike and my four-year-old was running down a hill, tripped, skidded blood all over her arms. And like, that is often like the awesome journey was actually an awesome hike as a family. She, uh-huh. we, we got band-aids on her. She was okay. But like, that's part of when you say like an, an intentional, awesome journey, that's, that's my heart. The ministry that I lead, that's our heart. That's my family's heart is not perfection because dads often, they hear the word dad awesome, this name dad awesome. And they're like, well, that's not me. And uh, yeah, the heartbeat of everything we do is like, can we help dads see the role as a gift and step in with intentionality and step in with knowing I'm not perfect, but I'm going to go after their hearts. Yeah, fail so, forward. That's it. That's right? it. Because your kids, say how old they are. Yeah, so my my little girls are two, four, six, and nine. So that's the window we're in. My little two-year-old has actually lived the majority of her life in the RV. <laughs> and, that's uh, awesome. I mean, the, to go back just a moment, the the start of this was I was a kid's pastor. I was praying over these, these families who came to dedicate their babies, and I'm praying over them and realizing I'm offering them nothing in the area of the dad. I'm offering uh-huh. no intentional pathway for them to be that, that dad who is dad awesome. We're offering nothing to them. So I was like, oh, we're not doing it. Our other church is offering a pathway of intentionality and very few churches are helping the dads do that. Mm-hmm. So I started looking for resources and in looking for resources, I realized, hey, the best way is what if I curated those resources in the form of a podcast? So I just gather, interview, learn for myself and for others. And uh-huh. that was five and a half years ago. So five and a half years into helping resource dads, resource churches with uh, just tools to again, be dad awesome, not perfect, but, but awesome. And uh, that led our family to going on this journey. We started these events called Fathers for the Fatherless, these bike rides, Spartan races, triathlons across the country, helping rally men to raise awareness and raise money for, for our partner organizations who serve directly. They serve kids who are fatherless. Love it. So we got invitations to go around the country. And I was like, I don't want to be a dad who flies away from my four little girls to help lead this movement across the country. Mm-hmm. I want to be a dad who takes them with, if possible. So we borrowed an RV to start with. We borrowed an RV. We did this crazy lap is like, there's no way my wife should have liked that and want to do more of it. But she, my wife, Michelle, she said, let's, let's just see if there's an RV that we could buy to actually go on the road full time to help lead this initiative, this cause across uh-huh. the country. We found the RV, we rented our house and we hit the road within two weeks. And this was a year and a half ago. So, oh my goodness. so that led to the start of this adventure that is dad awesome and fathers for the fatherless. And it's my girls saying, we're all in, we're doing this as a family, not as a dad who flies away from his Isn't kids. Isn't that cool? You know, I wanted to go back to this whole idea of awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that you underscored. It's not about being perfect. Mm-hmm. It's about being present yep. 
And if you asked, I know, because I'm going to ask your girls later today when we hang out, like, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how awesome is your dad? You know, so often when we get around kids, they don't care if we're perfect. They don't care if our hair's messy. They don't care if we blow it. It's just you show up in their space, right? That's what makes you awesome. And I think so many dads have been beaten down for this reason, that reason, divorce, maybe moral failure, different things, financial you know, challenges, whatever. And so, so many men are, are saying, I don't think I'm awesome. Hmm. But I'm saying, ask your kids. Because when you look at yourself through their lens and just show up in their world, do you find that? Yeah, and actually the looking at your eyes. So the fact that we're in person is really fun here, yeah. Michelle. But like the, the gauge of, are my eyes shining? Are my eyes shining? The world, again, beats us up. Our job, a rough day mm-hmm. at the work, a rough you know house project going poorly. You know, Lots of things could cause us to, our eyes to kind of dim a little bit. And most of us, if you look at even some of the research, because of our own dad and because of uh, the, the experience we had as a child, we, we enter fatherhood with things stacked against us to come in feeling like I'm obligated to be a dad versus is I get to be a dad. And the yes. dad who says, like, I get to be a dad has shiny eyes. A dad who says, this is a gift. Like, this is a gift. It's hard. It's one of the hardest things we've ever done, right? Like, yes. and we're, and we're ill-prepared for it. There's no way you, you can't give a manual. This is how you step in and, and are a, a, a great intentional dad. So if we come in though with our eyes a little bit dim, not sparkly, not shiny, that's contagious. And our kids see a dad who yeah. is grumbling his way through dad life or is surviving his way through dad life versus a dad who is saying, I get to be a dad. And then again, mm-hmm. that causes, I believe that causes our kids to know, oh, my dad loves to be a dad. And we have to use our words to actually tell them too. I love that I get to be your dad. It's one of the statements that just my girl's eyes just shy when I say that to them. Oh, okay. Seriously, Jeff, like you're, I, I literally am teary. Like, ah, oh, that just touches me because I, I know that so many dads don't love it. They're exhausted from their jobs or beat up at work and they come home, you know, and they don't have much to give. And that dad may be your go step today. Jeff, tell them again. I want you guys to repeat this right now out loud after you hear Jeff say it. So good. And often it's get down on their level. So don't say it while you're walking the other direction. Get down on their level on your hands and knees. Get right down in so their eyes. So they can see your eyes. Exactly. The eye to eye contact. Eye to eye. And this could be on the floor during, you know, during the dinner hour, or it could be as you're putting them to bed, like to get right down. And this is my six-year-old. If I look her right in the eyes, I touch her. So I'm reaching out and touching her too, a little physical okay. contact. Yeah. Look her in the eyes. And I'm like, I, I tell her, I say, I love that I get to be your dad. I'm so thankful that I get to be a dad. You are a treasure. Like these, these statements, yes. but it really, the I statements of like, truly, this is the best thing is that yes. I get to be your dad. So that's what I would encourage oh, them I to say. I love that. Okay. Well, I was intrigued doing my research on you that you were very intentional. That's the word throughout this, this whole conversation today is dad, you blink and your kids are gone. And if you're not intentional, you're going to miss really stepping it up right? To be the dad your kids need and your daughter needs. So I want you to explain a little bit about this intentional 40 thing, because here's what you wrote about it. You said, I think in general, as I get older, and as most of us dads get a little older, it's easy to play it safe and to coast. And you said, I think at the age of 40, if we're not careful, we will end up being drawn and we will drift and be pulled in the direction of the world, in the direction of comfort, in the direction of more is better, In the direction of this is just the direction and we get pulled in the next phase, more busyness, more hustle. And I think intentionality requires us to fight against the pull 
that we're drawn toward. I mean, I had to write that out, Jeff, because it was it was so profound. So what I want to ask is, how are you since then? Because sure. how old are you now? Yeah, 41 and change. Okay. Yep. So in the last year and a half, how have you put into motion the things that you set out to do and what did you set out to be intentional about at the age of 40? Yeah, amazing. Thanks for asking. And it has has been an imperfect journey of the intentional 40. So I call it the intentional 40. I turned 40, as you mentioned, about 14 months ago. And I, I said, hey, if, if I could get more intentional moments with my wife, that would, that would be good in so many levels. More intentional moments with my girls, more intentional moments with friends, and more intentional moments with mentors. So I said, these are four categories of one-on-ones with my girls, girls, date nights with my wife or date experiences with my wife, a mentor experiences, not just conversations, have uh-huh. coffee. Let's go do something together with a mentor. And then friend. Uh, I just feel like, again, I've mentioned drifting the drift. I want to be a, a dad, a man, a follower of Jesus who is dreaming, not drifting And our dreams. Often we have to take action to spark bigger dreams and we have to stretch ourselves and be a little bit vulnerable and do stuff that's hard. I've never done it before. So an example of this would be rock climbing. I've never been outdoor rock climbing. I turned 40 and about six months later, my daughter had her ninth birthday. She's never been outdoor rock climbing. Neither of us ever been. Uh-huh. And I'm certainly not going to go do that myself with her because I can't, I, I can't safely set that up. So I had to reach out to a mentor and ask, Hey, do you know someone that could take us rock climbing? We actually ended up spending an entire morning with a gentleman named Alex that took us out on her birthday, on uh-huh. her, her ninth birthday. We went rock climbing for the first time and my shoes didn't fit and they hurt so bad. These climbing <laughs> shoes. I was like in pain, like a little kid and my daughter is nervous. And we drove back from that experience and we'll never, neither of us will ever forget it. We both like pushed ourselves beyond Uh our comfort. We both learned from a new mentor, friend, Uh someone who cared deeply, who prayed over us. I mean, God brought this whole experience together. But if it wasn't for the intentional 40, I would not have had that moment, shared those moments with her. And uh, so I'm about 23 experiences into the 40 right now. And I wasn't trying by a certain date. It was just like in my 40s, I'm going to do 40 intentional experiences, 10 with my wife, 10 with my girls, again, 10 with mentors, 10 with friends. And it has been a journey of like, I'm on the lookout for people. These are specific mentors. And I'm like, hey, what what could we do? And these are not big bucket list things. To invite take. those mentors exactly. to teach you something they know. It's a skill or experience that they... So yeah, one of my mentors, it was jeeping in the mountains. He has a Jeep. He's deeply passionate about it. I've never uh-huh. driven a Jeep in the mountains. And he took me out and coached and trained me and pushed me. I mean, there's, there's certain experiences that are a little shorter, no training required. There's other ones like doing the Murph workout that it was a massive amount of training to be ready for that or a Spartan. My first Spartan race was a lot of training and preparedness to do that event. Right. So, so anyways, both sides, but it, it is not a bucket list. Take me away from my family to go do the, my dream list. It's not a midlife crisis thing like that. It is truly an yeah. intentional and they're shared experiences with people that I love dearly. And you know, you may be a dad listening saying, I just am not as extroverted as Jeff. I don't think I could ask someone to teach me something. What would you say to that, Dad? Yeah, so it's it's a uh, it's a matter of saying: Is there someone at your coffee shop that you go to, or at your work, or a uncle, or a grandparent, or a in-law, someone in your sphere that you respect for some aspect of their life? So you don't need the perfect person. Is there someone that you could say, "Hey, I want to learn from you," and I and I was wondering, could you could we do this thing together? So I, I don't think it's a huge it's a huge it's not a forever mentoring situation. It's hey, would you spend yeah, two one hours time. with? 
with me doing and, this thing. And you bring your kids with you, one of your daughters. So nope. So the, the experiences are 10 with my girls. Okay. So you don't always combine them like nope. you did. No. So that one, it was actually, it was just because I needed someone to help I us. I see. So okay. it was not a mentor experience. It was a, it was a dad daughter experience. Got it. Just had to bring a guide with in that case. Yeah. So it's either with my daughters, my wife, a friend, or a mentor. That's kind of the constraint that I put is I care about those four things in my 40s, as I head into my 40s, 50s, 60s, I want to be growing in those four relational areas. And why not do it with a spark of fun, new experiences that I've never done before. So dad, take the four things Jeff is doing, make them your own. You don't have to recreate or reinvent the wheel. And I love how you even have said, again, I did my research on you. You said, through these things that I do intentionally, I want to stay curious. I want to be a learner. I want to stay humble. And I want to be in this growth mindset. So because more, we know that cliche, more is caught than taught. Your daughters, your young daughters are watching you, aren't they? They're seeing, well, my dad tries new things. My dad asks for help. I think that is a stance of humility to say, hey, will you teach me something? Have you had any of the people you've asked say no? No, not yet. I've got a few that are just on the, like, we're keeping on the lookout for when our schedules overlap in the same city and, and so things like that. But, yeah, but, but no, not one, a no. no one has turned me down. Okay, so men, listen to that. If you think, oh, I don't want to ask, I'd be an inconvenience or I'll probably get a no and I don't want to face the rejection. And you could always start, you don't have to start with the mentor circle either. You could start with, again, your kids. So I took my six-year-old on a tour of an aircraft carrier. It's like, well, it costs $20 each to get access in San Diego to that aircraft carrier. But there was no training required. There was no, it was a half day with her. But I, I entered a learner. That's not my preference, isn't to go tour. I'm not a big history guy in, in a sense of go through and read the exhibits or watch the videos or learn. But we did it together because she's fascinated by being a pilot and uh, just in general, flying or driving things is uh, something that interests her. So, so we did that experience together. Uh, if it's with your kids or with your spouse or with a friend, I feel like there's no barrier for any of us to like want to do something engaging or intentional. So the mentor, when I get that you're, what you're saying though, is uh-huh. like mentors to ask them for a half a day or a day of their time. Maybe don't start with that bucket. Maybe start with the other, the other three. Yeah. Something a little easier. I and mean, Jeff, when you were just talking about entering into the interest areas of your daughter's you, you can tell that you're listening, you're watching, you're seeing maybe even a natural bent at little ages, yeah. two, three, four, right. five, six, right? That's right. So it means you have to get close enough to see that. And it reminded me that maybe if you're listening and you're, you're a mom or you're an aunt, is I have a nephew, my oldest nephew, who's now married, has two kids of his own. But when he was about 12 or 13, I knew he wanted to be a pilot. Yeah. And they lived in another state, came to Oregon. I knew we had the spruce goose, so I took him on a, a, mu- a museum yeah, date cool. and surprised him with a glider ride where he got to go up and be Whoa. taken into the air. And then I did a second one where in another part of Oregon, I booked a flight, an hour of a flight, got him a so flight cool. book, and I got to sit in the back seat. So, you know, I would have never done that on my own, but if you're a dad that's maybe, okay, I'm going to be blunt, gotten lazy. And just thought, you know, she's not really into me right now. You know, she's in high school and moody. Dad, find something she wants to do. It'll perk her up. And it may be shopping. And you're like, I hate shopping. 
do it anyway. Is that what you'd say? Yeah. I mean, my, my nine-year-old like trapeze right now, she did a little bit of, she had to experience doing trapeze. She'd like a little camp last summer and she like, so she knows this summer she wants to set it up where I do trapeze with her. I've never like the idea of flying, like I'm a pretty big guy (laughs) and, uh, but like she's interested and like, that's, that's like for me to step in and say, I'll do that. But it's almost because I challenged myself and I made it a little bit public with telling others, Hey, I'm going to do these 40 new experiences. So, and my girls know that. And they're like, they're like, come on, dad, let's do this. <laughs> and if you're a dad again, listening, saying my daughter loves, let's say baking, cooking. And you're like, I, I'm a klutz in the kitchen. It reminds me a few years ago, I got to go to the ma- maximum security prison in Salem, Oregon. And my first book had just come out and a dad came up. I handed him the book and I think I did a drawing and he won. He said, I get out of prison in two months and my daughter is nine and I'm terrified can you give me something? Where do I start? I haven't known her for a number of years. It's been real intermittent connecting. Where do I start? I said, find something she's good at and let her teach you. There's another variation on the theme. And he said, well, she really likes cooking, like baking. I said, go in the kitchen. You're not the expert she'll shine because you're looking through her eyes, right? And what love she that. loves. So dad, that might be even a variation on the theme. Okay. One more question. Then we'll take a quick break. Some dads and moms too may say, Oh, I'm not really a baby guy. You know, I got to wait till she's older. In fact, I just had a conversation this week where a friend said, I don't like babies. Once they hit one, I'm good then, yeah. you know, so everybody kind of has their maybe natural innate leaning sure. toward a certain age. How did you navigate, you know, going, oh, diaper phase or walking phase or knocking things over phase or adventure phase? What would you say to the dad with young daughters? And he's like, I'm not really gifted for all the ages. Yeah. When we had our first daughter, I I had never changed a diaper. I'd never babysat. I didn't have younger siblings or, you know, nieces, nephews. So I like, I, I was truly in new territory, total rookie. And I actually um, challenged myself to change all the diapers for the first two weeks because I was what? home. I had two weeks off work. <laughs> and I don't know if I fully hit that goal because I think my wife definitely, she was, she's awesome. Um, but the idea of like, challenge myself to to step beyond comfort in whatever area is serving your your wife. So for the dads that are like I've never been here before or like man I've got other kids I'll take care of them we'll leave the baby to mom I would just encourage you like go with the kind of uh, ridiculous challenge like step in further than expected and I, I know that my wife saw with our um, third and fourth daughter a much higher degree of like oh Jeff stepped in to new areas because she needed the help and because I was like well what's a new challenge I haven't done before so so that would be my encouragement is to, like step in with your whole heart into areas that like changing diapers and you can make it fun there's always a trash can across the room to shoot the diaper in afterwards. So you can make it fun. <laughs> because again, I've discovered that men would rather do nothing than yeah. do it wrong. Yeah. And don't so do if that. you're a dad that says, you know, I don't do it as good as as my wife. Like she's better at this, that, or the other. No, doing nothing is doing it wrong. Yeah. And and to be able to step in in an imperfect way, that's how you become an awesome dad to your daughter. If you aren't already that, right. right. You we know? just created a game called jammy ball where you take the pajamas and roll them into a ball and it becomes a, like a basketball type game in the living room. So you can create, get, you can gamify every stage of parenting. You can gamify. Okay. There's your book. Oh, funny. Gamify fathering. <laughs> you because really can. How many dads 
would that be a game changer right. for them to think about how can I make something mundane more fun? And how can you create a score keeping method? Because this is this is dad life. You don't have any uh, immediate results. Uh, the game, you know, playing a sport, you know, did you win or did you lose? In the dad life, you actually have no idea. Maybe when my girls turn 40, oh. I'll be able to look back and say, did I win or lose? Like there's really no tangible, did I win this chapter this evening, the bedtime tonight, did I win or lose? It feels like loss after loss after loss. In oh. some ways, parenting for the dad, it's like, am I? Is this even working? Is any of this working? Um, so that would be the, the the point to gamification. If you can create ways like a challenge of, hey, I'm going to do a one on one date with my daughter or one on one with my son. Hey, twice a month. Like that's quantifying. So you can at least say, did I do it or did I not do it? And and so gamification and then in brotherhood is the other encouragement with that. It's like gamify it, create a scoring mechanism, and then cheer each other on by saying, well done. Or get after it. You didn't do it this month. Get after it. So we oh, need some I of that. Love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation with Jeff Zog. We'll be right back. Are you a dad who has ever desired a deeper connection with your daughter, but haven't known how to go about it? Let's Talk Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters is the very resource you need. Dr. Michelle wrote it with you dads in mind. This book will support you with scripted questions, equip you to decode your daughter, and inspire you with stories of other dads and daughters. Don't wait any longer to be the hero you want to be and that your daughter needs you to be. So, to let the talking begin, head on over to drmichellewatson.com forward slash books and order your copy today. This book will become a favorite in your fathering toolbox and will give you the answers you've been looking for. That's drmichellewatson.com forward slash books. Now, back to the Dad Whisperer podcast. Welcome back. I'm here today with my new friend, Jeff Zog, founder of Tell them the two names yeah. of your ministries. So dad awesome and fathers for the fatherless. So can you guys see, as you've heard him already talking, why I came up with that title today, Intentional Fathering, A Dad's Awesome Journey with His Four Young Daughters. Because those two themes, awesomeness and intentionality, really define you. Does everyone say that? So it's interesting. The more I dive in five and a half years of hosting the podcast, I mean, that's a lot of episodes of like, there's more and more to learn. It's, I could feel like, well, there's a hundred areas of intentionality and I'm only able to do six of them right now. So I could actually feel like because of the amount I've immersed myself in this field of being dad awesome, that I'm the biggest failure. It's easy. Right. It's so crazy how we can look at a mirror and basically feel like an imposter or feel like, nope, it's not me. I'm not succeeding. And actually to, to go after that point a step further, I think most dads feel like if they're going to rank themselves, we're uh, worse than average. I think most of us rank ourselves that way. I do too. So, so most dads don't actually raise their hand and say, I'll go first. I'll be, I'll be the guy who says, hey, to my friends, let's all learn about intentional fatherhood. Hey, let's all do this experience with our, our daughters or let's all do this camping trip with our, our sons. Most dads don't raise their hand and say, I'll go first or become a champion of intentional fatherhood. So that's where I flip all the way back to like, do most people say that I'm intentional and that I'm an awesome dad? In some ways, I feel like it's rare that dads, including myself, feel like uh -huh. I'm good enough to do that. So I appreciate your vulnerability on that because, again, that's what I found in the dads groups I've led, mm -hmm. 
talking with men at conferences is so often it's, yeah, it's a less than. Yeah, because of shame or because, uh-huh. um, man, I, I messed up here or I didn't have this, that I can't be the one to champion that and say, no, I am dad awesome. I am. That's what we said. We encourage and say, no, you are dad awesome. Like you are right now. In Just this because you're a dad, not yep. because you've earned it. It's in who yep. you are. Yep. And we are always becoming. We're yeah. always becoming. It's not an arrival. Exactly. Okay. So, oh, I have so many questions for you. <laughs> Okay, how do you stay motivated and inspired and equipped even to to really connect with your daughters at every age and stage? So this current phase we're in, we're living in very close proximity because we're in an RV right now, traveling the country with this ministry. And uh, so the motivation actually, I mean, they're right there. We're real close. Even like often I'll be working from, I'll step out of the RV to the picnic table. I'm working from there. Or I'm uh-huh. like, it's, it's wild. In some ways it's really hard because of the closeness and proximity. But the other side of that is it's right in front of me, what's going well and what's not going well. So the motivation comes partially from my wife cheering me on. She is a cheerleader. Partially motivation comes from commitment. I've decided and I've committed that I'm going to stay after pursuing their hearts. So that means it doesn't matter how yesterday went. I'm going to choose to get that, to get that one-on-one time. I'm going to choose to take those moments to bless my girls before they fall asleep. I'm going to take, I'm going to choose to um, give my wife that Saturday morning by herself and just make it a, make it a dad, daughter, 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 daughter adventure. <laughs> so, so yeah. the, how do I stay motivated? It's less brotherhood right now because I'm traveling the country. I'm away from um, my closest friends. I'm away. I'm on the road and it's more, man, I'm in it and I've chosen, Hey, I'm going to stay after it. So did your dad model this kind of fathering to you? Yeah, great question. So my dad was dad awesome. But part of that is he was not dad perfect. Is what we've talked about already. Mm-hmm. Um, so he uh, loved me. He encouraged me. He cheered for me. But he actually had a clipboard at all of my basketball games and all the sporting events and kept stats. Given that if I uh, had a good shooting percentage a lot of rebounds, more steals. He showed me more love based on the performance on the sport uh, in sports and in other areas. So there was conditional love as part of what he probably learned from his I dad. I just was going to say that. That's it. It's uh-huh. it. He actually took what he experienced from his dad and took it much further forward as far as intentionality. But there was not a deep relational, emotional connection that came mostly from my mom. My dad, three and a half years ago, went home to heaven. And in the... Um, And this is a small side story, but episode one of Dad Awesome, I released that. The next day, my dad rushed to the hospital with brain cancer, lung cancer is what they found out. So his health journey uh, took a dive right after this ministry started, the day after. Um, Episode 100 of Dad Awesome launched, and the next day, my dad went home to heaven. Wow. So we had 100 weeks, my dad and I. And the healing journey, and I'd encourage every dad listening, healing the next layer of freedom, of reconciliation, of healing. There's always another layer. It's like an onion, right? There's oh, come more, on. There's more yep. hurt that can be explored. And not. And there's pain in that, but man, the healing and the freedom and the joy and peace. So we actually had that in those 100 weeks as the foundation of the ministry, Dad Awesome, was a foundation of healing and really my dad giving me a boost and now I can take my journey and share and help other dads. Uh, it really was beautiful. And so I wrote a letter to my dad. The first page was all the things he got right. And there's a lot of things my dad and got gave right. it to him or this is your this own is, process. This is six months after he passed away. Now we did actually have tons of, I never handed him 
him a letter, but lots and lots of conversations those hundred weeks. But six months after he passed away, I wrote a letter. First page was, these are the ways you got it right. And actually, this was inspired by uh, John Tyson, which many of your listeners have heard him talk about his letter. The other side is, Dad, these are things that caused me pain. Instead of leaving it in letter form, I wrote it on a rock about the size of a laptop. I found a rock and I wrote with a Sharpie marker the things that caused that I'm Uh so grateful for on one side of the rock. The other side was the deep pain. And I actually swam that rock to the middle of my lake where I grew up as a boy in Wisconsin. Uh. Swimming with a heavy rock is a, you feel it. You feel it. Many of your listeners probably- Figurative. Yeah. I mean, the heaviness swam out to the middle of the lake. And I, I just prayed a prayer of just, God, thank you for my dad. Thank you for the gift that he was. Thank you for the gift that he still is in my life. And I am going to just let go of any pain, any burden, any any of the trickle down of hurt from my dad. I'm going to let it all go. I let go of the rock. Watched it tumble through the water into, uh, out of sight into the darkness. Swam back feeling so light, so much peace. And I do believe generationally it's a big deal to let go of that rock, to actually make the list. And if your dad is alive, if, if possible, to bring in a way, not the weight of it, but the blessing of it. Because I really did bless him with the first. Uh, and then the other side just saying, Dad, I... I forgive you for the second side. Absolutely. I'm going to uh, let that go. Yes. Yeah, such Release a gift. That. So that was a pivotal moment for me in this journey uh-huh. of like trusting God for my daughters. And, and Deuteronomy 30, 19 says, I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your kids may live. Yes. My dad did choose life imperfectly, but he chose yes. life. So I get to be blessed forward from mm-hmm. that. I so appreciate you. And in, in, I would say a very unexpected way here, we're talking about how do you be intentional with your little girls. And you're talking about how you were even intentional with your own relationship with your dad. And, you know, in the dad's group I lead out of nine months at month seven, I say, guys, does this feel like a bait and switch? Cause we're now going to talk about your relationship with your dad. And you thought this was just going to go one direction, but really it goes both ways. And you're going to be a more awesome dad who's intentionally invested in fathering. If you're willing to examine your relationship with your dad and how he's impacted you both positively and negatively. And if you don't know what to do, this is not just me trying to market something, but I coach dads. I do Zoom now and daughters and say, contact me, write me at drmichelletthedadwhisper.com. I'll walk with you through that. Contact Jeff. Yeah. And coaching is so much better than counseling. I mean, I always encourage counseling, but many of the dads that I work with, they need a coach, a counselor. Uh, there's a step for that. And I've been so grateful for my counselor, but coaching is like, it's forward thinking. It's like, no, let's go back into our past, our story. And, and let's, let's, let's see, look what God did and is doing and wants to heal so that we can actually run that whole ready, set, go, right? Yes. Like, let's be dads yeah. who run. We can't do that if we're, if we're entangled with hurt yeah, from and the past. carrying yeah. that like the like baggage. weight dead yep. weight yep. yep so i love that you brought that up because that was unexpected right of what we we're going to totally. talk about but so key to like you said being lighter more buoyant if you will to be able to step up and step in with your girls okay you and i when we talked recently when you had me on your show which by the way you guys on dad awesome jeff just totally melted my heart by here's what he titled our interview Engaging your daughter's heart, softening your own, and taking action to be a hero. And I was like, Jeff, in 14 words, like you summed up my entire message. And that's only part one. That's only part oh, two still coming part. out. Okay, look out, look go. out. So one of the things you told me that day in our interview is that you're, one of your middle daughters, that you realized that you weren't being as intentional as you needed to be with her. 
And I so appreciate it again. You know, to me, you were more awesome because you were aware of where you needed to step in. It wasn't that you always get it right. And I just thought, could you share more how how that relationship is going? Yeah, the default for me, and I think most dads, is to drift towards grumpiness, to drift towards a little bit of an edge in my tone. That's the default. And Come in, on. The, in the RV, uh, one of the air conditioners not working, the uh, the sweaty, the, we're close, the traffic, I'm exhausted. Yeah. The near miss that I mean, they there, don't know. There's all these things. Causing you stress. It's yeah. true. I mean, it was more. It was much more mountainous driving here than I expected as far as the hills. Look out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is a beautiful Adds area of the country. Adds to your stress, though. It is. So you take all that. Take it out. My little girl's. They don't know that side and they don't deserve any of the grumpiness or the edginess to, to come to them. But yet I found myself doing that specifically to uh, one of my middle daughters. And, and uh, I just feel like gentleness is a theme that I, I just want to grow in. Gentleness, softness. like Which that, is a fruit of the spirit. Isn't is. that interesting? So, Can't do it on your own. I know. I so need. it is a masculine term or it wouldn't be given it's true. right in Ephesians for all of us. It's true. And, and it, it really comes down to uh am i looking even in my height i'm a tall guy so am i getting down to her level is my voice am i slowing down so am i am i low am i slow am i looking her like right in the eyes am i touch a little physical contact mm-hmm. i mean just last night i missed it though actually this is a different story than what i told you on our our show but just last night uh, i was distracted a few things were going on laundry was happening like there's a few things that caused me to say uh, not yet not yet not yet and what my daughter felt was a because i said not yet and it ended up not happening last night. She and her little mind thought, well, daddy didn't do what he said he was going to do. He chose other things instead of me. And I was able to put her on my shoulders and take her with me to the laundry. So that little shoulder ride, you know, down to the laundry helped bring a little connection back. But she, overall, she wanted to play Uno and we never played Uno last night. And that that crushed her little heart. And uh, so I, I feel like I'm Even still... Even if she didn't tell you. So she was asking to play, asking to play. And I was saying not yet because yes. she knew there's a few yeah. things I had to do. I hadn't had dinner yet. There's a few things. And uh, so I, I still am feeling like, man... Uh, the current chapter is I've got a lot of work to do in this area. Being uh-huh. gentle, I just brought up my follow through. The am I choosing the greater things? And it's so crazy how I can you know hang out with you and your husband for the first time and show such grace and such intentionality. I'm not looking at my phone. I'm looking you right in the eye, right? Yeah, yeah. But with my little precious girls. I'll give the phone or this distraction uh, first place and they get second place or fourth place or 17th place where I'll give a, str- not that you're a stranger, but a new person yes, that I might more. not even see for years in the future. I'll give way more of me in my heart. And I think most of us dads are the same way. We give the, all, all of ourselves to the stranger and uh, a fraction of ourselves to the, the little precious gifts. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I, I want to re-listen to our conversation because you're saying so many powerful in the trenches, real life, vulnerable, honest, intentional kind of insights. So thank you, Jeff. Okay, got one more question. So I end every show with a go step. So I know you've shared lots of go action step ideas for dads today, but I just want to ask you right here at the end, you got one or two practical ways that if a dad wants to be more intentional with his daughter to kick up his awesomeness, what would you tell him? I would focus in at the bedtime moments with your kids, with your daughter, with your son, the bedtime moments. And 
the hustle in your heart and the exhaustion in your heart, I'd say, set it aside. The hustle, the timeline, the uh, extra 20 minutes, 30 minutes, like to take the extra moments to look them right in the eyes, to a little physical touch to, and that could be on the stairs outside of their room, could be in their room, could be um, on their bed with them. It doesn't matter. Whatever is right for your child, but to just emphasize this, and we said this mm-hmm. once already, but just to emphasize, I love that I get to be your dad. That statement and that moment of taking the extra time, it actually, I know some doctors or dentists are so good at taking those last moments with a, with a patient actually speak wonders for the next year till you see them again, that you actually feel uh, appreciation in those last moments. If we could just do that at bedtime and take with our most precious people that look to us as their superheroes, right? Uh, They look, if we can just take the moments and emphasize to them how much we love to be their dad. Oh, I love that. Practical, real, action-oriented. You're my kind of guy, Jeff. Oh my goodness, we're going to have to do this again. Well, On Your Mark today has been intentional fathering, a dad's awesome journey with his four young daughters. It's been such a joy, Jeff, to have you here. You got to check him out. Where can they go to find you? Yeah, so dadawesome.org. And then the bike rides and triathlons and Spartans that we do for the fatherless is F number four, letter F dot bike, F for F dot bike. Okay, which is fathers for the fatherless. Fathers for the fatherless. Well, it's been great to be here with you today. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. I'm Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield, the Dad Whisperer, signing off and encouraging you to make today a day where you intentionally and consistently invest in pursuing your daughter's heart. Go Dads. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. We trust you've been encouraged by today's program, where you've been equipped with practical action steps to strengthen your relationships. Dr. Michelle loves hearing from you, so why not write her at drmichelle at thedadwhisperer.com. As always, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast anytime on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Give a listen, subscribe, and leave us a review. For free resources or to invite Dr. Michelle to speak at your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com for more information. That's drmichellewatson.com. Thanks for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us again on the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.